Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Mara. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for joining me so that together we can join ourselves as one in celebration of each other, of life, of love, and of God. I've gotten my space ready. I have a stick of incense burning. I can hear the chime of the water bells going around. In a very small space, I have dedicated to myself to this time where I leave energy for when I am down, I can come back and be refreshed. I encourage you to do the same as we listen to Be Still Thy Soul, And as each of you listen to this song, I would like you to begin to prepare yourself for today's program because I need your help. It's only together that we can give a clear and concise message. We tend to distrust individuals. So with that said, be still thy soul as you're breathing in. Breathe in. I am enough. And as you breathe out, breathe out, I am the perfect creation for all I have lived. As I've told you in the past, please, I encourage you to breathe in as though the soles of your feet are flat and they have noses in them so that you can elongate your breath. And this isn't a breath-holding experience where you're going to see how long I can hold my breath or you can hold your breath. This is a sipping of breath experience. So you don't have to take one giant breath and hold it where all you think about is your air. Although I can understand why you could have that impression. Instead, I encourage you to take sips of breath as you move your breath up your body, up the front of your calves, up your thighs, crossing your buttocks, going up your spine, your divining rod. That is the zone of the chakras. It's also just kind of our electrical connection to God when we pay attention. You'll go through your sacral chakra. You're going to go through your... um, base chakra first, which is where you keep your fear. Let that fear go and have your air and your breath be fearless. Send that fear back into the earth because, believe me, in your holy divine form, there is nothing to be afraid of, nor is there here, if you're willing to trust your true self. Your next breath will come through the sacral chakra which is right there in that sex zone that's where we create we create babies we create ideas we create energy we create thoughts so have that be a creative so now you have a fearless creative breath as you move up you're going to come into the zone of your solar plexus the middle of your body just kind of in that rib cage area And that is a zone of healing. And yes, my friends, everyone has within themselves healing if they can allow themselves to believe in the wonder of themselves. The wonder of one's self. So what I'd like you to do, that energy is yellow energy, and it's creative. And so as you're bringing this 
fearless, creative. Now this healing energy, this yellow healing energy, which will create healing within you. Imagine the coursing of that yellow energy through your body. Imagine and feel the power of you being whole, releasing all dis-ease to the universe, to God, by whatever name you call God. This isn't a contest. This isn't about judging ourselves against others. This is about recognizing we are all enough. And now as you pull that fearless, creative, healing energy up, you're going to come into the zone of your heart. And at your heart, for a moment, square your shoulders. Allow your heart to be exposed. For many of us, it is that risk of hurt that causes us to cover our hearts up. And when we cover up our heart, we not only cover up our ability to receive love, we cover up our ability to be fully, completely loving creatures. And today we're going to be talking a lot about that concept. Imagine just a pillar of love, of loving light coming out of you and going around the universe as you're taking your breath, breathing in that you are enough. So now we have fearless, creative, healing, loving energy coming, and loving breaths. And now you're going to come to the voice chakra. Oh, my friends, how much trouble is created by the voice chakra? The throat chakra. The zone of our vocal cords. The place where we say unloving things, where we take people's evaluation. I guess we check their number. And then we proceed to tell others how they are lacking. We cannot see enough in them because if we see enough in them, then somehow for many people that takes away the value of the person who is speaking. I can't let others be important because if I do, then I will be less important. How often I try, and I know many people think I'm fake, but I'm not, I try very hard to see the best in people, to realize all of their potential and to speak in terms of the wonder and the great possibilities that are within them. How often do we get sidetracked from that dialogue when we feel threatened and vulnerable? I will suggest to you that the throat chakra is the most powerful chakra we have when it gets out of whack. Because it destroys relationships. It destroys people's concept of each other. It destroys people. And sometimes with unnecessarily spoken words. So as you move past that, please forgive. Start first with forgiving yourself. 
and forgive yourself for not forgiving others. Forgive yourself for unkind words because it is only from a fresh start, from a good place, that you can then allow yourself to be forgiven. And in the cycle of pain and suffering that comes from ill-said words and ill-said deeds. And then as we pull this fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving breath up, you're going to come to your third eye, the zone of manifestation, the place that you are writing these scripts. And for today, I would like you to envision the scripts getting torn up into teeny tiny little pieces. And for you to say aloud, I am ready for a new script. And now pulling that creative, excuse me, I always want to forget the fear because... Fear is something I seldom have, but let me tell you, I've been having it the last couple of weeks, and I know how powerful it is. It is huge. It makes you doubt yourself to the place where you are nothing, valueless, totally reliant on people remembering who you are when they won't even talk to you. They don't want to remember who you are because they need to to believe that what they are doing is right. Fear. Fear of things beyond our control. Those are human. We need to release those to the universe and believe that God is with us and that everything that happens will take us to our happy destiny will take us to a place where we are our true selves, where it is okay to be kind and loving and caring, where we can see more in others than they are showing us, where we can be kind. Let go of fear. Fearless, creative, healing, Heal yourselves, my friends. Loving, forgiving, manifesting, and now pull that breath up as though you are lifting a baseball cap off the top of your head and imagine your head opens up into a piper tube and you connect your breath with the breath of God. Feel the electric charge of knowing you are enough. You are part of God. You are loved. You are perfect for all you have lived. And now you are writing a new script as you breathe out. I am a perfect being for all I have lived. Now I'm going to let you repeat that for heaven forbid three minutes and 40 seconds as we listen to be still thy soul remember 
You are a source of light in this universe, on this planet. You are vital. Be still thy soul. Three minutes, more than most people are willing to believe they can give. Here we go. Actually, less time than most people think it takes to become one with God. And I would invite you as you come to your second breath to reach out your hand and take the hand of God as you know him to be. And when you take your third breath, reach out your hand, your other hand, and take the hand of God as someone who is listening knows God to be. So that when we finish this song, we will be a giant circle of man, human, God, woman, God, all the way around the world. All of the people who are listening now and all of the people who will listen in the future, there's a spot for you to reach out and take a hand. And for this one hour, know that you are joining your breath with God and that you are on either side loved and protected by God. And then you can carry that away with you from this program. Three minutes in 40 seconds. Amazing. That's all it takes. How often do you give that time? Here we go.
Make me one source of light. I can assure you, my friends, you are each one source of light if you choose to accept and embrace that divine destiny. Last week we talked about our true self and the fact that it is within all of us, that it is a constant, and so many times we lose touch with it because we are so caught up in ego, in what we're supposed to do, in money, in the judgments of others. And and I have been trying to work through the judgments of others myself. And so I don't want you to think that I am sitting here from some sort of divine pinnacle talking to you and feeling nothing. Oh, trust me when I say to you, I have been anguishing inside to the point where I've got high blood pressure uh, about how... I can help people see who I am. And it's even as I just said that, that I realize all I can do is be who I am. And then I have to let life flow around me. But knowing that does not and has not gotten rid of the fear component that I have in association with the judgments of others. Now, I'm not here to tell you either that I'm a perfect person and I've never made mistakes. I am not going to tell you that I haven't said things I've regretted. I'm not going to tell you that I've always had a moment of epiphany and, oh my gosh, the words that come from my mouth are just God-blessed. Not so. It is in those moments when we are not our highest self that we get an opportunity to define who we want to be. We get to decide, is what I'm saying and doing serving me? And today I am interestingly at a crossroads where I am on the ground, I am on my belly. I have to serve myself And I have been drawn to some things that I hope will help you as much as they have helped me. Now, over the course of the last week, I've worked with a friend because last week we were talking about forgiving. And that is such a tough thing. And let us start first with the idea, my friend, that forgiveness means we've been wronged. You don't have to let go of hurt feelings, hurt ego, if everything is good and everyone is treating people with love. But you do, you do have to forgive, decide that you are not going to hold on to behavior that's happened to you, if it's interfering with your life. And the question becomes, am I writing this script? And that is what it's all about, my friends. This life that you're living, these experiencing experiences you are, for, are experiencing are a product of a script you are writing. 
and you are writing it based on your expectations about how other people should be responding to you. Now, in order to talk about what, this is my life, and I'm authoring this life script, something the Dalai Lama tells us, I have kind of turned to two different sources. One source is is a local person. She interests me. Uh, her name, hold on, she's out of Chico, California. And she sent me a lovely piece. I went to her for a reading once, and it was... It was very good, very helpful for me to deal with the passing of my mom. And her name is Mary Kay. And she's at the Karma Psychic Boutique in Chico, California. The next person who has inspired me today, and this is one you're probably going to hear about over the next several weeks, is a book written by Neil Donald Walsh called the little book of life. And I was drawn to that. It interests me that I found myself being drawn to look for a new book by Neil Donald Walsh. I had no idea if there was such a thing. I'll be quite frank with you, I had no idea. I have his books here and I read them. And actually they were good for me because they confirmed what I sensed and knew. But I didn't know if he had written a new book. Certainly hadn't seen a lot of press on it. And uh, so here I was, and I go in, and sure enough, he has a new book written, I think, in 2011, 2010. And it's about things that he's written about, but I always like his pull-together books because they are just amazing. Communion with God is an amazing book. Uh, It's a pull-together book. Uh, This one is uh, called, again... Neil Donald Walsh's Little Book of Life. Very nice. Very nice. I am pleased, pleased to own it now. And I've read just a few pages, but enough to know that I was drawn to it yesterday or last night uh, in association with today's program, talking about the life experiences we are having and how, on some level, we are bringing them to us. Now, last week we talked about the littlest angel, and we talked about the littlest angel saying, I would like to have someone to forgive. I want to forgive. And God saying, sorry, little angel, there's nothing to forgive here in heaven. And an old, beautiful, saintly soul stepping out and saying, little angel, I'll let you forgive me. Now, we started a discussion here about forgiveness with the idea that you don't forgive good stuff, friends. And the old angel said, I ask only one thing. And the little angel said, whatever, whatever, that you remember who I am. My friends, I am going to suggest to you today that what we are writing in our scripts of life, in each and every instance of a down cycle, 
provide us an opportunity to remember who the other person is. In this book with Neil Donald Walsh, and we'll start with him and go to Mary Kay, in this book he talks about how without relationships we are nothing. And yet so many times we go into relationships with expectations about what we expect to get and what we are willing to give to get it. And so many times when we're giving, we're giving up who we are. I was seeing a gentleman lately, and uh, we've now kind of, I think, decided this isn't right for us. And the reason it isn't right for us was like obvious the first day. We see God with very different eyes. And I hope that in the brief time that I was with him, his God becomes more loving. His hell becomes less fiery, more life-driven, more going through the cycle of the human experience. But obviously, friends, can you imagine me forming a lifetime relationship with a gentleman who believes in a God of hellfire and damnation? No. But now imagine this. I worked to change myself. To accommodate his beliefs. I know scripture. And so he would say something that was hellfire and damnation. And I would say something in response that was love and adoration. It was like yin and yang with each other. And in the process as we're going through this. I'm thinking, well, this is okay, you know. He's a good man, and I really believe he is a good man. But unfortunately, perhaps the key component of the we're not really talking anymore is the fact that women are less than men. And somehow he's found in the Bible that uh, women are meant to be told what to do by men. Well, we are lucky that he was a lawyer because I would have had a little problem practicing my trade. I'm joking, of course. But the point is, friends, isn't that the ultimate judgment? We go into relationships and we start giving up who we are in order to reach some sort of compromise in an effort to attain happiness. And yet, throughout that relationship, when we are giving up on who we are, we are judging ourselves and the other person. We are judging ourselves by changing who we are, and we are judging the other person by demanding they change by our comments and our actions. Neil Donald Walsh dares to suggest that we go into a relationship without expectation of what we're going to get out of it, but only with our true divine life purpose at the forefront 
so that we can talk and we can be and we can see that other person as the person they can be. That we encourage them to be all they can be. That our words uplift them. That our words serve our highest self and serve that person's highest self. We encourage them to see more in themselves than they themselves see. And we do that by seeing more in them than they are showing. What a gigantic concept. That it's all my life and my happiness is not about twisting myself into trying to fit someone else's idea of me. It's not about saying, okay, I won't be this and I won't be that and I won't be this so that I can spend time with you because time with you is not bad. It's about seeing the most in the person and feeling good about what you see and knowing if that person doesn't want to be with you, then you just let them go. You don't hold on to it and start having judgments about yourself. You don't let their behavior affect who you are. You are divine being here with a divine purpose and that divine purpose is to love other people not take them down with your words not criticize them not need everyone to focus only on you and lose sight of the team that we are building of mankind. A team of love. Just like this circle we have right now going. This circle of love. We're a team. We're here to do it together. And if someone doesn't want to be around us, don't try to mold yourself into being who they want you to be. Let them find the person who should be around them. But open, always leave open the door to the person who will love you just the way you are. It was amazing when I was reading Neil Donald Walsh's first 20 pages today, Not Too Much, I remembered... Michael Williams. My second husband, I've certainly not been successful in relationships. But Michael accepted me for who I was, all of who I was, warts and all. And it was the happiest time of my life. That's not to say there weren't ups and downs, because life cycle is ups and downs. But during the ups and downs, the highs and lows, the roller coaster of life, 
Michael was there, seeing the best in me. And as a consequence, I realized the best in me. That's what relationships are about. Teams, not judging. They're about deeds, my friends. Words and deeds that help another person believe in his or herself and in the consequence, as a consequence, in the happening. We come to breathe and exist with our highest self because we engage in conduct and words that reflect who we truly are. Now, that's pretty, in my mind, profound stuff. I have to tell you, it's not, uh, I feel it's very God-driven, and it's pretty profound. I do think that Neil Donald Walsh is a good listener. But I will tell you what, if we cannot see in others more than they are showing us, then why should they bother to look in us for more than we are showing? And if we show others that we see more than they are showing, then shame on them if they can't recognize who we are. And this is Neil Donald Walsh's statement, and then we're going to do a little quick meditation, and we're going to come back and talk about Mary Kay. Suddenly our purpose in a relationship becomes entirely transmuted. Let me start earlier. First, we see the secret I announced a moment ago. The only what, that only what I see in you can I see in me. So if I don't see you as being trustworthy, then I can't see myself as being trustworthy. And so it becomes our primary functions in relationship. Once the secret is understand, to look deeply at you, to see in you the grandest vision I could ever imagine, indeed even to assist you in creating that to the degree that you choose to avoid creating it. So one thing that partners do with and for each other is not seek to take from another, but seek to give to another and to empower that other with whom you are partnered to express and experience who they really are because we see the vital importance of that. And we see that that is in fact the reason for being of that relationship, the very reason for being. Suddenly our purpose in relationships becomes entirely transmuted and transformed. We are no longer trying to find out what we can get from the relationship, but what we can give, 
what can we empower, what can we create, excuse me, what can we cause to be realized or made real? You know you how you simonize a car, you can realize people, you just shine them up a bit and they become real. And this in the end is the ultimate self-realization because we are all connected to each other, friends. We are all connected to each other. Even in our separate connectedness, we are connected. And we need to remember who the other person is. Because when we forget, we forget who we are. Divine beings placed on earth to love one another. What a challenge. What a challenge. I'm going to look for just a short piece of music because I really would like to talk about Mary Kay. I think that what she has to say is very good also. Hold on. I'm running the switchboard here. All right. I have a piece here that's about four minutes and 19 seconds, and it's called The Dawn. And really, if you think about it, isn't that what I'm inviting each and every one of us to begin? A new day. Believing in our divine selves. A day where we are embraced with butterflies as we remember to be kind to others. To see more in another than he or she is showing us. And to trust that we are important to God. And however the moment works out, God is with us and will lead us if we are true to ourself, to our divine destiny. That means that we will give up some relationships, but in the end, our happy destiny is guaranteed. The dawn. I'd like you to breathe. I'm going to have you breathe for about... um, I'm going to have you breathe about three minutes, just thinking, if you can, please, about... Am I living my highest self? Am I showing love? Am I seeing more in others than they are showing me? And then I want you to move, and I'd like you to spend the majority of your time in the zone of manifestation, manifesting love to the world and to yourself. Stop judging those who have hurt you because had those events not occurred, you would not be listening right now. You would not be who you are. You would not be ready to embark on the new dawn of love.
as you breathe in, I would like you to say and think, thank you for providing me an opportunity to be my highest self. And as you breathe out, I am loved. Any thought other than this set on the shelf beside you for later, you and God will take care of it. And feel the energy of God on either side of you holding your hands. And feel the pulsating energy of us all together sending love to each other and to our planet. Let's just do a final breath together here, pulling in. Feeling the energy of the room. Feeling the joy of our connected spirits. 
you open your eyes now, you should see the glistening glow around you. The light of God. Feel it in your hands and know you are enough. Just as you are, you are loved. And thank those who have come into your life for providing you an opportunity to forgive. Let go of the past experience. To grow from it and be the person you are divinely inspired to be. Now when we talk about life, and for a moment we're just going to you sit in the group and me talk about the next subject, manifestation. The law of attraction. So many times we don't think about laws only being um, as being relationships. We also uh, recognize that life is about things that, that we bring to ourselves, experiences that we have, and all of those are relationships too because we have a relationship to things. And I, as I said to you, I met Mary Kay uh, one time, um, right after my mother passed, and <clears throat> pardon me, I could feel my mother's energy around me, and there were so many demands on my time at that time that I never really had a chance to mourn her leaving. And what's interesting is. I haven't had a chance since, or with my dad leaving, or or with my daughter being ill. And what's happened is all of these events have happened. I've kind of thrown my hands up in the air and said, what? God, what's going on? And in the midst of that, I, like everyone else in the world, you know, have issues with other things. And those things are like you feel attacked, and you start feeling separate and disconnected. And as those feelings begin to dominate your thoughts, you begin again attracting more and more of the same. Because you begin thinking in a negative way about yourself. As though what is happening is not a part of the train of life, but is instead a product of you, kind of a Protestant work ethic thinking. You will get what you deserve. Friends, let's start with the idea sitting here as you feel God's energy pulsating through your hands. You deserve love. There is nothing you do not deserve. Everybody does not want the same things. Everybody does not crave the same things. But you deserve respect and you deserve love. And when you're not being respected, you need to, in love, make that be heard. Now, whether the people around you will hear you depends upon where they're coming from and how they see themselves in relationships. If they're thinking that they need to dominate and force you, then there's going to be a clash and you need to be true to your true self and just let the chaos flow around you and stay in peace. But what about manifestation? How does all of this negative energy affect us? Mary Kay put together a piece. She was trained in London. 
Uh, And I respect that immensely. And so here's what she writes. With the law of attraction, you learn to focus on just the things you want and speak, think, and feel only that. That's hard when you feel that you're being assaulted by the world, my friends. It is hard at first. I really struggled in the beginning. It's easy to know all the things we don't want. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to be late. I don't want to lose my job. Working with the law of attraction, you will learn to phrase your thoughts and words in a positive way. If you want your child to take a coat with them, we often say, don't forget your coat. Well, according to the law of attraction, you just told them to forget their coat. The law of attraction in both the conscious and unconscious minds does not respond to don't, not, and knows. So with regard to your job, I am keeping my job. I am prosperous. I am safe. I am protected by God. I am forgiving and I am forgiven. I am respectful of others. I am kind in my words. In the case of the jacket you state, remember your jacket. She found in the beginning, I had to stop talking for a while. I walked around in silence and said nothing. I realized most of the things out of my mouth were all the things I didn't want. Don't spill that. Don't fall. Don't drop it. I really struggled with how to phrase my thoughts and desires in the positive. I knew I was doing it wrong, and it took time to learn how to do it right. Like when I would say to my boys, Don't hit your brother. Remember, the law of attraction and the conscious and unconscious parts of the mind do not respond to don't, nots, and no's. What I really just said is, hit your brother. I had to stop, rethink, and rephrase what I really wanted, which is keep your hands to yourself. If you are just learning about the law of attraction for the first time, then this is good news. You are not a victim of your experiences or your circumstances. You really have the ability to draw and attract the things you want in your life. I have the privilege of witnessing many people who are actively manifesting that which they wish to have in their life. She indicated that she was encouraging people to change the way they think about what they desire in their life and how they communicate in their life. And that she was sending them a life preserver that will pull them away from this cycle of disappointment and sadness and fear-driven behavior 
fear-driven behavior. All you have to do, according to Mary Kay, is change your vibration by changing your thoughts. Positive and negative thoughts can't occupy the mind at the same time. One or the other must dominate. When you stop focusing on what you don't want and tune in to what you do want, then everything is possible. Everything, my friends. I'm going to suggest that we have a meditation right now without music. I will follow it up with a piece of music called Winds of Peace, which is what we are inviting to ourselves. And it will take this show out today. Winds of Peace. And I encourage you as you're listening to Winds of Peace that you embrace the concept that if you can fill your mind with positive thoughts, you will be feeling, filling, excuse me, your life with positive thoughts. You will be feeling positive thoughts in your life. And you will be bringing joy to your relationships. Things you are capable of doing. Now, how do we turn off the negative tapes, as Michael Williams would tell me, the negative thoughts that dominate our minds so much? Generally, negative thoughts are about people, places, events. Places and events are about people, too, because it's what people are doing in those places or during those events. So what you do is you say, I send to XYZ everything that I desire in life. Happiness, prosperity, job security, safety, companionship, love, respect. joy, understanding, and every time that person or person's name or names start to come into your head, you will know it, and before you allow the event, the place, the people to dominate your thoughts with negative thoughts, replace them with positive thoughts for them. And at some point, you will stop thinking the negative thoughts. And when you feel any negative thought about how you are not enough, how you have been wronged, how someone else is not enough, how the circumstance is unfair, how life is unfair, replace those thoughts with Thank you, God, for providing me an opportunity to be my highest self. 
Namaste, my friends. Until next week, the winds of peace.